Hello, and welcome to How to Cope with the Dope. I am Jackie Freitas, and I am your host. You have found your way to a relevant and relatable podcast if you have a loved one who is struggling with addiction. In this podcast, I share bite-sized snippets of advice for you to explore. Perhaps you will be able to apply these to your life and find some relief. This podcast is designed to sow seeds of hope in a world of worry. Today, in this interview episode, we will discuss how giving up isolation and finding hope, community, and understanding has been a journey of great self-discovery for my guest. We discuss how working the 12 steps enabled him to truly discover his values, beliefs, and what he actually stood for. Taking a pause has also been a much better alternative to jumping in and trying to fix others' problems. He shares some of his favorite habits and books that have helped him over the years. I think you will truly enjoy this episode, which has so many great points shared by such a humble and kind man. I really think that these episodes are so important so that we understand that there are other people out there like us. The worst thing that we can do is to isolate and go inwards because we feel so alone on this journey. Please stay tuned and listen. So today I am here with somebody that I've had many great conversations with um, on so many different things. We've talked about detachment. We've talked about boundaries. We've talked about anger and resentment and so many other great topics. And I have really, you know, had a lot of great input from this individual. So without further ado, I am going to introduce my friend, Nick, and I am just so happy that he is here with me today. Hey, how are you? Hi, Jackie. Good. It's good to be with you today. I am so glad that you're here. And despite our technical difficulties a moment ago, um, we're we're recording, so that's awesome. So um, how long have you been on this journey of self-discovery or recovery, or I'm not sure how you like to put it, but how long has this been for you? Um, well, not you put it that way. Um, honestly, I'd have to say it goes way, way back, probably to um, uh, middle school, if you want to look at it that way. I was very bashful, very shy. Um, I didn't do well in, in groups. I was afraid to speak up. I did have some good, close personal friends, uh, a few, very, very few, but I would be uh, very timid, very shy. And I knew that I wasn't as comfortable as other kids in the classroom, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. if we want to date it to the very beginning, it was way back then. There were things about me that I felt I needed to hide or didn't feel comfortable enough to be my true self. And a lot of times I just wanted to blend in. Huh. Interesting. And here you are doing a podcast and I'm, you know, I probably forced your boundaries a little bit here or pushed on you a little bit. I I am. I'm not all that comfortable doing this, but um, 
Uh, but, you know, life has opportunities, and this is an opportunity. And it's a good exercise for me, too. Uh, I know there's others out there um, like me. So um, what helped me was finding that out, eventually venturing out through counseling and other means. And um, uh, like you mentioned, finding um, a group of people who, uh, under, as they say, understand as perhaps few others can. And through hearing them and uh, their experiences, I realize that I'm not alone. These people know what it feels like, what it's like. In many ways, they kind of spoke my own language for me, and uh, they helped me to kind of open up. But outside of middle school, you know, eventually I got into high school, made more friends and that kind of thing, but I still carry the me with me and uh, was still kind of bashful and shy, but um, had friends. And uh, um, it's funny that I am doing this podcast because I remember at one time in high school, um, I purposely took a, a, a class. It was an elective and it was, we had to do things like read a poem in front of the class, um, write something and share it. Uh, um, it encouraged you to to um, speak. I forgot what the name of it was. Um, but anyways, uh, you had to get up and, and talk and, and entertain and do things, either with a partner or by yourself and that, that sort of thing. And one of the assignments was to, uh, was to do a, a five or six minute um, skit, if you want to call it. And uh, this was in high school. And the only reason why I took this is because I knew this was my senior year. I knew I was going to have to move on. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in the real world when I don't have the safety of, a, of the school around me? Or, or, you know, when I'm on my own, how will I survive, you know? And I, and I thought, I need, to take, I need to do something like this to prepare me. So I was aware. I was aware. Um, but I, I also know you can't fix yourself. So the underlying issues, I never really got to till years and years later. But I knew that I needed to do something to help myself. And so uh, back to that assignment, um, uh, what I did is I did a mime. Perfect, because I didn't have to speak. And I acted out a whole mime. And yet this, the mime was based on someone who was handicapped and looking out and experiencing the world through his imagination by watching others playing ball in the street at playgrounds and things like that. So this this was the mime. So I, in the mime, I was in a wheelchair, and I would wheel myself to a window, various windows. Um, I know, sounds kind of weird. That's so clever, though. What but are... I didn't have to speak. And yeah. I communicated. Uh, they they all picked it up quite very well. The whole audience did. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And, and the auditorium was filled. That, that, was, that was really difficult. Thank goodness I didn't have to speak. But in a way, I didn't realize it until years later. I was projecting how I felt inside. I felt trapped. Wow. Like that handicapped person. But I was there. I was that way emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel that that um, personality trait uh, affected your life and your loved ones that are struggling? Uh yeah, that's that's a great question because uh, people like me can be sensitive, but we're, that means we're also sensitive to other people, and so there's that tendency to want to relieve that either in myself or in someone else, and by doing that, I could tend to be a caretaker, a fixer, 
or someone who's going to uh, to the ex- one extreme is to roll out that carpet so that you don't even have to walk on it. You know, I'll make it mm-hmm. as gentle and easy for you as possible, and thereby taking away from you the steps that you need to take. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I I think that that is a common theme that I hear over and over again, and I'm sure you hear that same same theme that people want to, um, you know, be caregivers and make sure everybody's comfortable and happy because internally, uh, you've experienced it. Yeah, that's true, and in a way, that's what. Um, can bind people together also. It's to be uh, um, understood, listened to. Yeah. Um, not necessarily someone trying to fix you or to, to give you all the solutions, mm-hmm. but it's just to know that someone cares and someone is listening. There's a, there's a value in that in, in, uh, in both parties. Yes, 100%. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I am so glad there's people out here listening to that point, you know. Um. How has your life uh, changed with what you have gone through and learned through uh, the people that you have surrounded yourself with that have have helped you on this journey? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, well, for one thing, it's given me hope, uh, the hope that I didn't have. Uh, you know, there, there was a, a, a point in my life where uh, it is was just trauma catastrophic and uh you don't know where to turn and so of course i turn inward um but um i eventually did make a way to a uh a program um where i was able to be with um people like people like me uh although i say people like me different backgrounds uh you know different stories but the underlying issues personal issues were the same um, and from that, us experiencing our, uh, as they call it, our uh, experience, strength, and, and hope. Uh, I got hope. I borrowed the hope that I didn't have. I saw it work. I saw it modeled for me. Um, we were able to talk about different things that we've uh, we've tried, and we learn a lot from our failures, and we're able to share that with each other. So there's a camaraderie there, um, and I love watching people grow and succeed. And um, that, for me, is um, very encouraging for myself. That's wonderful. And it sounds like your life has, would you say that you have more uh, peace? Uh, Do you, you know, how has that kind of manifested? Do I have more peace? Uh, in some ways, yes. In some ways, life can be even more difficult because I am aware. And so it gives me challenges that I was never confronted with before. These are personal challenges. I can't look for the fix to be a change in someone else's behavior. It, it has to be with me, through me. And so peace, peace in a lot of ways, I think uh, I've come to learn that it's a choice. Um, peace does not mean the uh, disappearance of, of the conflicts um, or the troubles. It's uh, peace is to is um, uh, acceptance. It, it's um, the conflicts may still be there, but it's how you carry yourself through it. I'm not sure if that makes sense. It completely does. It sounds like to me, instead of 
um, you know, fighting the the waves, you're surfing them. Yeah, and yeah, and no, you're, that's you're, you're oh, navigating exactly. life in that way as opposed to, you know, kind of feeling like you're treading water and the waves are coming over your head. You're 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 still going through it, but you're you're surfing them. And you're, you're getting through. Yep. That sounds good. Sounds yeah. good to me. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to ask you with what you've gone through, did you think that you could change someone else in your life? Oh, of course. Yeah. For all the right reasons, too. Yeah. My intentions were good, um, but the solutions were not, you know. Um, did I care? Oh, yeah, immensely. Yeah. What what um, eventually happened was, you know, so I, I take all those those parts of me, those little, I don't know if you want to call them little defects or whatever, but uh, parts of my character, I take them to adulthood, uh, which in some cases served me quite well. They, it was great in my career because I knew how to please and I knew how to keep my eye on the um, on the solutions and what was needed, and um, so it worked well there. <clears throat> in my personal life, um, especially in my my marriage, uh, what brought me to counseling was uh, a troubled marriage. My wife and I, <clears throat> after some horrible experiences, eventually made our way to uh, to counseling. And this is after me enduring years of trying to, trying to, the illusion of that kind of, I can take care of this, you know, like I have some kind of control, like there's something I can do. Um, and, and I couldn't, you know, she has her defects, I have mine, and uh, we couldn't see eye to eye, and uh, we didn't communicate. Communication was the Big, big, big deal. Uh, you know, she's, um, I'm one who likes to move in and explore and get it out, put it all out on the table so we could see it, you know, and it, it's not a threat any longer. We could approach it that way, whatever the issues are. And she's more of a, we don't talk about it. If we talk about it, it seems more real, you know, and uh, kind of a shutdown personality. And so the more you try to approach you know, her wall goes up, and if if you push, the wall gets thicker, right? And so what happens to me? I'm, I'm looking to bond. She's looking to to uh, not go there, to hide. You know, these aren't the things we bring up and talk about. Of course, a lot of this stems from her childhood, too. Yeah. So she didn't learn how to. It wasn't modeled for her. She didn't learn how to um, discuss issues to bring them up, you know. And so they 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 sit there and they grow, kind of like weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sooner or later, you know, it, it, you can't find the grass blades any longer because it's full of weeds, you know. And that's what was going on until a couple of traumatic events happened, and then it just it just broke me. And uh, we went to counseling, and then eventually they separated us. She went to her counselor, I went to mine, and uh, um. That kind of was helpful, kind of. Didn't really get out of that what I, uh, we weren't able to solve our issues, you mm-hmm. know, or to approach them. Um, communication, again, was the huge, huge problem, as it is in, in most troubled uh, relationships. Um, but um, after the counseling, we eventually made our way to a marriage program, and that was the beginning. That was the start of knowing that we weren't alone. We were in uh, this large group with other couples who were struggling in their marriages. 
um, that's that was the intent of this program. It's it's uh, it was designed to help trouble marriages and to build communication. And they, uh, it wasn't something. It was you, know, you attended this this long weekend, um, stayed overnight. You were totally cut off from the outside world, so you could concentrate, keep the mindset. And they explored all kinds of topics. And there were couples who had been through the program in the past, and they ex- they um, shared their own experiences, and they took you through their hell journey. Uh, forever grateful, forever grateful to those couples who were willing to share their experiences. It was the first time my wife and I could sit and listen to our story being told by other people, other couples. And um, that gave us both uh, some hope. What we still had with us was the lack of communication. And this program uh, was designed to help with that. And, and it had uh, particular techniques um, that, that it, it, it worked um, throughout the weekend. And there were follow-up sessions. So it wasn't something it was, you know, you attend a weekend and you're gone and your problems are fixed. Here's what you do. Uh, change takes time. So there were follow-up sessions that, that went over um, a few months that we would attend with the other couples. That attended the group with us. And so you're starting to form that bond and you're starting to get comfortable with the other couples. And then your little secrets aren't so, uh, you're not trapped in your secrets. You know, you're willing to open up a little bit and, and uh, uh, you know, loosen the robe and, and let a little bit out. And as each couple did that, um, there was, uh, there was some, some hope gained there. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's similar to what we're doing now and what the point of this podcast is, is to really um, give people that hope and let them know that there are other people who've been before them on this, uh, this journey and that, you know, there, there's, there is a, another way and you don't have to struggle and suffer by yourself in silence and trying to figure out and reinvent the wheel, so to speak, because there are other people who've gone before you. And we are, we are as humans being with other people We're we're meant to, to be with others. And when often when we're going through struggles, I think we can start to isolate and kind of go into our turtle shell. Yeah, isolation is a very dangerous place to go. Yeah. 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 It might feel safe. It might feel very safe in there, but it's a terrible place to go. Yeah. yeah. And don't you find with isolation that the more you isolate, it's it becomes harder and harder to get out of that? Because oh, I know yeah. for me, there was a stage in my life where I had so much shame and I was beginning to isolate from friends a lot. And even my business, um, I was a photographer for years and, you know, word was on the street about what was going on in my family. And there was a lot of embarrassment, a lot of shame, um, a lot of kind of going into my turtle shell. But the more I isolated, at least for me, the more I, I had so much more sorrow and so much more sadness in my life. So um, community and being with other people that get the story and that understand that you are not alone, it is wildly important, I think. That's probably made the biggest difference for me. Yeah. Yeah, in my life here. Yep. 
probably made the biggest difference knowing that I'm not alone. And um, again, like I said earlier, uh, people sharing, um, you know, pieces of their story and uh, I'm hearing mine told through them. So I know it's it's I'm not alone. I know it's it's not just me. And so if I share something with them personally, I know that they understand. And what I get back from them sometimes is could just be uh, uh, you know a, a reassuring smile. It could be. It's not advice. What I get back from them. What I get back from them is is uh, an understanding. And there's a lot of encouragement in that, especially when you know that they're they're on their way. Yes. They're living a different life. You see that. Yep. And you do, you see changes in people when they begin to find that community and when they begin to implement some of the different uh, tools and skills that, that you learn. And, you know, kind of on that vein, is there uh, a specific thing that has helped you, maybe a quote or a slogan or is there anything that is something that has been really instrumental for you? Um, yes, there there is. Um, I would have to say it's something that I uh, pretty much rely on now on a, on a daily basis. Uh, that program that we went to, it was suggested by a counselor within that program um, for um, me to attend a uh, a 12-step program. I never even heard of a 12-step program before. I didn't know what it was. Um, when they were talking about it, all I could think of was like an AA program, going to AA. Um, but what I found out was uh, they were talking about Al-Anon for me, which is uh, a program for those who were affected by someone's drinking or addiction. Uh, someone is addicted, and it, it doesn't just affect that one person. It affects the whole family. And um, through that I, and I did. I attended reluctantly, uh, but I attended. Uh, and uh, today I'm so glad I did because, again, there's that sense of community and all that, but I've learned so much about myself um, through a 12-step program um, because it, it dives in a little deeper um, at a pace that you're you're comfortable to work. Uh, the key word is work. If you just go there and don't do any of the work, then uh, you're not going to move, not going to go anywhere. So it was a good place for me to challenge myself um, as, I, as I could um, in participating um, uh, through that program. Back to your question, through that program, I learned many, many quotes and slogans that helped get me through. Um, uh, one for me that I use often is just easy does it. And if you're going to get into a tough situation, you know, not not to plow through it, mm -hmm. just easy does it. Sometimes it's just relax and breathe, and sometimes you don't have to do anything. That's that's new for me. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to react. Mm -hmm. uh, your response could be just to be present. Um, easy does it. This is real good. It also gives you time to uh, to think things out a little better before the mouth opens up. I'm pretty good with sarcasm. Uh, it may not seem that way to the listener after listening to this, but uh, sarcasm is uh, is my tool. Uh, it's uh, it's a way I, I get back at you or try to control you or punish you or uh, a way of uh, being angry with you without displaying typical anger, behavioral anger, you know, mm -hmm. so I can use sarcasm. And uh, 
So I've uh, got to be real careful with that. Uh, but that, what that tells me is that that's, that's part of me. That's an illness in me. Another person cannot make me use sarcasm. So that's a, you know, I, I don't like the word control, even with self-control, but more of an awareness. There's an awareness about myself. It's not a control about myself. It's an awareness, and it's something that I, I, I give up. Um, so other than easy does it, another one is let go and let God. And just like the sarcasm or anger, you know, let go, let God. And uh, I kind of take a step back and allow God, allow God, give God the space to, to do what God does, which uh, can be very difficult, mm-hmm. especially when you don't always see God. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Especially, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to take all that back. But um, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Does that answer your question? It sure does. And I, you know, I think that uh, a 12 step program is highly introspective. And it is fascinating because when you come to a program, I think you're, at least in my experience, it was how do I fix this other person in my life? How do I get them on track? Never, ever thinking it was anything to do with me. And then you start to learn about your own defects of character. And some people don't like to call them that, but for me, I call them my defects of character because I definitely have them. But I never, who wants to address that? Who wants to look introspectively? It's so much easier to spin the dial, point the finger and say, it's them. So I think that that is, um, you know, for me, it is, has been very introspective and I have learned so many of my, uh, shortcomings and things that I need to work on. And it sounds like you've done the same. It is easy to blame. Um, yeah, it is. It's very easy to blame and especially when someone does something wrong. Uh, but my, my response to that is, is. My response to that is more important than what they're doing. Uh, I've got a son who's kind of, not kind of, he's drifted away. He's drifted away from the family. Um, he's, he's the one uh, of, 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 the, of the children that we have. He's the one you never would have expected. Um, and yet he's the one who drifted away. Uh, he went through his own personal crisis of whatever it was, and, and uh, he just hasn't been the same. And um, I stuck to my values and the principles that I believe in. I think that's huge. If he's going to, to come back, which he's starting to come around a little bit, but I can't be, uh, again, rolling out that carpet and all that. Uh, sure, I want to make it easy for him, but I can't compromise on, on the values and principles that I believe in. Um, it, it takes away from him uh, a level of respect that he could give to the personhood that I am. If I'm not respecting myself, he's not going to respect me. That goes the same in a, in a marriage relationship, uh, children, um, work relationship, any relationship. Um, it's important for me, this is what Al-Anon has helped me with, by the way. It's uh, understanding who I am, what my values are, what are the principles I believe in. And uh, I used to get very upset when other people I felt were encroaching that. But what it is is that it's my allowing them to, me not not uh, me not honoring my values. And then I'm mad at them 
I'm agreeing to things that I didn't agree to that, that I don't believe in to go along, to keep the peace, um, you know, saying yes when I really mean no, that sort of thing. Or just an ag- aggressive, arrogant personality, you know, uh, how do you, how do you deal with that? Well, I, uh, my, my values are, um, much well understood now. Um, I could simply just walk away. Something I never considered before. Yeah. So it's not, a, uh, you mentioned it earlier in our talk, that, that, that confrontation, that conflict, that, that, that you're not, fi- you're not fighting the wave, you're surfing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I love what you're talking about, about discovering your own values. And, you know, I do think that they're, they can often be compromised along the way because we're just trying to, as you said, roll out that carpet, keep everything smooth and easy. And, um, who wants to have conflict in turmoil? So, an easy way. It's almost like a parent, uh, with a child who's misbehaving and, you know, doing something completely wrong. You know, you can ignore it and let them keep doing it because that's going to be easier than having to have a consequence. Um, and if you have the values that are backing up that consequence, it is so much easier to reinforce that and, and stay strong with what you're doing. Um, but I do, at least from, in my case, I completely lost, uh, sense of what my values were. And I realized looking back how compromised they were when I regained them. And I started to really ask myself those questions. Yeah. We give ourselves up. Yeah. 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 For the sake of someone else or for the sake of the relationship. Yes. And that is not an honest relationship anymore because we've taken out the biggest part, yep. us. Yep. There you yeah. go. Now you're But, you know, me- we could say that someone listening to this could say, oh, my God, I never realized, I never heard it that way before, you know. Oh, now I get it. Uh, well, you do and you don't. Because I had revelations years and years ago. Um, but just because you understand something doesn't mean that you... Um, doesn't mean that you can implement it into your life. (laughs) Right. Right. And and even to be aware as it's happening, you know, versus an afterthought and how to deal with it on the spot. Or sometimes to say, to realize I can't deal with it on the spot. I need to pause here, you know, and give yourself the time versus trying to please someone else or or deal with it right there, Mm -hmm. which will come out the wrong way. Um, Yeah, but that's, um, that's really big that even though, look at, I could I could take three balls in my hand and I could show you how I'm going to juggle and I could walk you through the steps and show you. And you could look at it and go, I understand the pattern. I see it. But if you pick up those three balls, I guarantee you, you're not going to do it. <laughs> you're going to be dropping them all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn to, as they say, walk the walk, mm-hmm. right? And that takes time. It takes time and it takes support. Yeah. And you got to be vulnerable. You've got to be with other people who you can exercise this with. And who can hear you out and you share it back and forth. And mm-hmm. you, it, it, that's how it starts. It starts, you know, we weren't born in this world alone. Um, yeah. Right? I love what you're saying. And I love the what you were talking about earlier about pausing. And that oftentimes when you do that, that the situation works out. 
And you didn't have to get your hands involved. You didn't have to get your mind involved. And how much more peace can you have when you don't have to get in the trenches all the time and try to fight somebody else's battle? How good does that feel when you can just let it go? And then guess what? The next day you wake up and somehow that problem worked itself out and you didn't do a darn thing. And that's happened to me, I can't tell you how many times. Because I was always the receiver. Mm-hmm. I was the, always the, the receiver. The problem ends up taking care of itself. Yep. And, and it's, I was always right in there mm-hmm. trying to solve it. Right. I mean, I was the first, I was the quarterback, you know, pass me that. And I'm going to figure out how to, you know, get a touchdown mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. But I never did. <laughs> never did. <laughs> but the illusion that you're going to. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was all an illusion. Exactly. <laughs> so, let me see. Yeah. So again, don't try to fix yourself. No, it no, no, does no. not work. Oh, you know, and I had made trips to the library. I took out the right books and all that. Oh yeah, I know where to look. But you can't. You, can, you still can't. It's good to be aware and educate yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, can you imagine giving an alcoholic a book? You know, and you know. Here it is. This is all about it. And boom, that's going to take care of it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. It's funny. You know, it's not funny. But the truth is that uh, if you were to go to an AA meeting, they introduce themselves as alcoholics. I'm so and so and I'm an alcoholic. Well, that's like, you know, and I haven't had a drink in 27 years. Yet they still identify as alcoholics. It's because they learn to live with themselves, they learn to cope with the disease. I have my own disease, codependence. Mm hmm. I'm right there I'm with you. I'm aware of it. Yeah. So uh, learn to live with it. Learn to live with yourself. That pause we were talking about, if you, if you don't take that pause, then you're taking something from the relationship, whoever you're pausing with. If you don't take that pause, you're not being yourself. You're not giving yourself the, the time um, to reflect and then come back honestly. You're not being honest in a relationship if you don't take that pause. If you're just putting something out there, either to people please or to get your anger out, it, you're just stealing the relationship from your from each other. Mm-hmm. And the pause, I think, lets you kind of measure your values with what you're doing. It gives you that moment to oh, like yes. check check yourself yes. a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Nick, is there? Anything that you do on a daily basis that uh, helps you out a lot that you're like, you know what, I have to do this every day and this really grounds me or, um, you know, is there anything like that in your life that you do now that you didn't do before? Oh, yeah, there is. Uh, um, Pray. For one is to pray. Uh, which at times is very, very difficult. Um, but I still do it. And even if the prayer is, you know, here I am and I don't know what or how to pray today. That's my prayer. Mm. It's a good prayer. But prayer is very important. Yes. Um, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, I don't wake up with the thoughts that I want. And I wake up with negative thoughts. So um, I acknowledge that and I realize I have a choice. Just like pausing is a choice, just like how I deal with my anger is a choice, how I respond or choose not to respond is a choice. Um, I um, 
I have a choice as to what to do with my thinking. So reading good literature, there's there's readings uh, through the Alnon program. There's there's a there's a daily reading every day, and reading that is a good start to the day. Uh, there's also scripture reading that I do every day. And um, another good thing I do is uh, it's walking, just getting out and taking a walk, um, walking and praying at the same time. There's something about being in motion, walking, being in motion, and, and, and just being getting outside that um, has an effect on me. So finding these things is important. And, they, you know, and afterward, you know, it might seem like, oh, that's stupid, you know. You know, you, you, on a day that you're down in the dumps, you know, you don't feel like it. Yeah. Get out there and do it. It, mm-hmm. w- it will have an effect on you. Yeah. Yeah. Out in the air, out in nature. This is great. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, so is there anything that you'd like to share? Anything that we haven't covered that you feel that you'd like to share with people out there? Um, oh, sure. We can... Uh, well, there's a, you know, um, I was talking about, you know, a daily reading or reading scripture or whatever it is, something positive that you can reflect on. Um, but outside of that, um, early on, way, way back, before I even started getting into any, any counseling, I I, uh, I picked up a book. It was called, um, oh gosh, uh, the book is by Dr. James Dobson, and it's called Love Must Be Tough. And that book was what I needed at that time. Again, I had no counseling at that time, no exposure to a stuff twelve step program or other 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 people and couples. Uh, it was called uh, again. The name of the book is um, "Love Must Be Tough" by Dr. James Dobson. And I will put a link to that. Okay, um, yeah. in the notes. Uh, and what I got out of that, there's a lot I got out of that book. But one thing was that I was not alone. Uh, there are other. He he's uh, he he interviewed oh gosh hundreds of people. But anyways, um, I got the idea of what respect was in a relationship and self-respect. And both of those need to, need to exist. Probably the most important thing in a relationship is self-respect. Without that, the relationship isn't going anywhere. And if you have self-respect, it is that much easier to respect the other person. Yeah. You know? And for, for a lot of people listening to this, they might say, yeah, see, see, if you had self-respect, you'd respect me more. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mind would go. Yeah. That's funny. That's why yeah. I say you can read it, you know, and get it, understand it. But in order to implement it, as Jackie was saying, you need to work on it and you can't do it alone. No. You can't do it alone. You know, you need that awareness and you need to know how to exercise and really focus on yourself. So that was the first book. And that that book was written a long, long time ago by an expert, by the way, someone who really knows and understands. Um, After that, realizing some of the things that I learned from that and then going to counseling, I eventually um, went to the program called Al-Anon. And through that, one day, I picked up a book at an Al-Anon conference, and I just picked it up and started flipping through the pages and ended up buying it taking it home. Uh, that book now sits on my nightstand, and I could see it every day. It just gives me comfort looking at that book. But the name of the book is Opening Our Hearts 
transforming our lives. Opening our hearts, transform, transforming our lives. And uh, that book was vital for me. There's a good chapter on um, grieving in there. The whole book was, was great. And again, it was what I needed at that time. Um, uh, when I got to the grieving chapter, it helped me grieve out all the loss that I felt that I suffered, you know. And again, you know, a lot, some of the loss was just the illusion of the expectations, my illusions of what I thought life would be. And, and, and to face and accept that that's not what my life is now, but I can choose, I can make my life whatever, whatever I want it to be. You know, um, so that that book was really important to me, and again, it still is. It sits on my nightstand. Um, and currently, um, I'm reading a book that is very helpful. Also, <laughs> now that I've been able to get beneath the surface and learn a little more about myself, and when I look outward from myself, I can understand other people a little better. Um, this book is helping me a lot too, um, as as far as my ability to take it in. It's a book uh, simply called "Facing Codependence," and it's by a woman named Pia Melody, and uh, she's an expert. <laughs> and what makes her an expert is that she's a codependent person, and she has lived through it. And she'll talk about. She talks in the book about some of the. Um, horrible experiences that she caused herself and how she dealt or didn't deal things with properly. But um, there's, she walks you through codependence, and uh, um, it's her profession now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a good one. I have not uh, heard of that one or read that one, and I will yeah. definitely link all of these books that uh, Nick is mentioning um, in the in the show notes. So my final question that I have for you is something that I'm going to be asking every single person. And this question is, if someone was sitting with you, sitting in front of you today, and they were suffering greatly with their loved one's addiction, and they were in the depths of their despair, what would you say to them? There's hope. There's for hope for you and the other individual. Mm-hmm. There's hope. And there is help. Yeah. It's out there. If you truly want it, it's there. Mm-hmm. If you want it. And it's easy to look at the addicted person and say, yeah, well, if they really wanted it, you know, they're not willing, they're not trying. You know, yeah, I could say the same thing about yourself. And I have said the same thing about myself. And I've, I found help. And it's made a difference in those relationships. It's made a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there is hope. So I encourage, encourage someone to step out of that um, isolation, yes. that nice, comfy, cozy isolation, like a nice, warm, heavy blanket on you. Crawl out of there. And you don't have to tear your heart open. Go with these, 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 these programs, like the 12-step program, they're gentle programs. And uh, you work at your own pace. Or get to a good counselor. A good counselor. You've got to sort through them. You might go through a dozen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
but you've got to find a good counselor. But don't be alone. There's no no reason to be alone. That's a that's a that's a poor choice. Right. I think that's great, and I think I am so happy that there are people out there listening and hearing this message um, that you shared, and and everything that you shared today. I so appreciate it, and I am just so glad that you took the time out of your day to come and meet with me. And um, everyone, I wish you a wonderful rest of your day, and uh, peace and blessings. Have a great day.